What is up, Irish fans? It is the Locked On Irish Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Greg Schaefer, your lead host. Hope your Friday's going tremendous. How about that for an opening, Air Hissum? Oh, man, I'm stoked. <laughs> are, you, are you pumped up right now? Yeah, I'm ready to fight. Let's go. All right, let's do this thing. Yeah, this this tiny studio with quotes. It's hot. Uh, it, oh, it's already hot. You can turn that fan on whenever you want to. Got a new face in the room, a new addition to the East of the Bend team, as well as the Locked On team, Amelia Hitchens in the house. What's up, girl? What's up, everybody? Good to have you in. Good to have you in. So tell us, uh, not only your ties to us, you don't have to go through that. I think I went through that a couple times this week because I have nothing better to talk about, but... uh, you are from our family from South Bend, lifetime Notre Dame fan. I am. Yep. My mom grew up uh, just outside of South Bend. I have family who still live there now. I was there over the holidays celebrating Christmas with family. So grew up, grew up an Irish fan. Absolutely. And we're pumped to have you part of the team, part of East of the Bend, as well as now the Locked On Podcast Network being the official Notre Dame podcast of the Locked On Podcast Network. That makes us sound like just so legit right what well, we are what well, we are we are pretty legit i mean look at us this this doesn't happen mark okay no. i spent hours in makeup and <laughs> yeah, you guys probably don't know but we are by far the best looking podcast crew in the business well i bring that up a few notes, i was gonna say once we added her to the <laughs> <laughs> we haven't researched the others but uh big show today before we get to that make sure you're following us out there at locked on irish twitter facebook a uh, huge show, actually. Um, somebody I consider basically a friend at this point. Uh, one, I mean, almost like a mentor. Just great person, Michelle Tafoya. Great at her job. Uh, Sunday Night Football report sideline reporter. She was at ESPN for years. Um, she's now, you know, you see her on Sunday night, waiting all day for Sunday night. Um, she's one of the the third person you see after uh, Al and Chris. Just, uh, just great at her job. Three time Emmy winner. Super stoked to bring her in here. Um, are you guys excited to talk to Michelle? Oh, yeah. When you hear Michelle Tafoya, I mean, you automatically think professionalism, mm-hmm. you know, and NFL. Yeah, definitely. The, Nothing, op- the I mean, opposite of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially that professionalism part. But, uh, Amelia, what do you know about Michelle? I have to admit I'm fangirling a little bit as yeah? someone who's um, in media, really interested in media. She is, you know, such a role model to me and anyone in this industry. So, I'm stoked to just be able to talk to her today awesome awesome yeah don't don't feel bad about fangirling out because i (laughs) i I might fangirl out too so you're quite allowed you're quite allowed so she gave us a great interview i told you guys before i don't know how much irish content we'll get to today but the people at the network said we'd love to have you do that uh michelle tafoy interview on locked on so we're definitely doing that today um so yeah you want to talk about what we're going to talk about today it's gonna be a little different than the first time we talked to michelle last time was about more about her career and just picking her brain about just everything about her background and where she got to today. And um, today we're going to talk a little more about, you know, the, um, the mental side of athletics and just how things have changed. And uh, Michelle is a practicing stoic or wannabe stoic in her terms. And actually after that interview, I was really uh, impactful on me personally and kind of took up the whole stoicism thing. And I I mean, I love it. I've totally embraced it. And uh, we asked her like, Hey, do you want to do a show about this and how it's impacted athletics? And, and she was 100% on board. And uh, just talk about how guys, yes, they're prepping their bodies every single day. But And, you know, that goes without saying. But how are they prepping their minds? And how has that changed? I mean, Michelle's been involved with football since the 80s, uh, essentially. So, and, you know, 2020, here we are. She's seen 
a lot of different ways guys prep how they approach the game so yeah, i'm sure it's come a long way uh yeah quite a bit so and she just got done fi- just finished up with the 100th year of the nfl so good stuff there and uh hopefully be able to if we have time we'll get to some uh, super bowl stuff with her so we will have michelle defoya on the line right after this all right, Irish fans, back at it here. We're going to have Michelle Tafoya on the line right now. This is Michelle. Hey, Michelle. It's Greg Schaefer with Locked On Irish Podcast and East of the Bend. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Doing well. I got my uh, crew in here, Mark and Amelia. They're really excited to talk to you today. So. Oh, good. Great. Hi, is, uh, let's... Whenever you're ready. We are ready to go. So uh, okay. appreciate your time, as always. Uh, no problem. You, uh, you've just finished up. The, before we get going, you just finished up a, the 100th year of the NFL. How was that? Anything unique about that or anything that stood out this season? Okay, hang on now. Are we starting here or are yeah. you just talking to me? Yeah. Oh, we're starting. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry so, no, you're on, the record. Yeah, on the record. Yeah. I, I never know. I never know. Uh, what was unique? I think one thing that was unique is uh, if people caught it, we started the season at Chicago, Green Bay at the Bears, and we all dressed as though we were from 100 years ago. Al and Chris had the little press passes in their derby hats, and mm-hmm. I dressed like a – like someone from that era. And uh, so that was kind of kind of fun and out of our comfort zone a little bit. You know, I just think it, it was another surprising season, surprises all over the place. And that's what I love about this league is that you think you know, but you don't know until it all settles in. And here we are with Kansas City and, and San Francisco playing in the Super Bowl. And uh, I, I may have predicted Kansas City. That isn't a huge shock. But I did not think uh, coming into this season that San Francisco was as good as they are. So um, those are the things that jump out at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was going to mention uh, the attire probably was something unique that stood out. That was that was pretty cool, though, especially being in <laughs> Chicago and with the with the gear they had you guys wear that night. That was really cool. It was fun. So uh, before we get into kind of why we brought one of the reasons we're doing the show today, we did want to congratulate you on another successful year because, I mean, just a tremendous job and we talked about before we called you, you know, you're the epitome definition of professionalism when it comes to the sideline reporting gig and, um, and, uh, and your third Emmy this year. I mean, that is, that's fantastic. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, you know, last time we had you on, we got into talking about uh, stoicism and how it's impacted your life, your career and things like that. And, and it was really impactful for me and the conversation couldn't have happened at a better time. It was right around when my son was actually diagnosed with autism and, um, I really took it up and you and I have stayed in touch since then. But, uh, just before we get in too deep, but how did uh, how did you come about stoicism and how has it positively affected your career? I came about it through the NFL. I heard about this book uh, called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday, and I heard that it was making the rounds in the Patriots locker room at the time. This was several years ago. And uh, my producer, Fred Gadelli, who's the producer of Sunday Night Football, gave me a copy. And I thought, okay, whatever, you know, I'll take a look. And I started reading it, and it just kind of grabbed me by the throat and said, this is so commonsensical and so strong, and you can't ignore it, and, you know, it's staring you right there in the face. And I just kept reading. And the stories were so compelling that um, that's how I got hooked. It was that book, and then he followed it up 
with ego is the enemy and now silence is the key and you've got the daily stoic, all these different things. He's done a great job. I ended up meeting Ryan Holiday, the author. We've become friends. And um, it just it just clicked. I, and maybe like you, maybe it was at the right time in my life and I just didn't know it. But it's so clear. It's so clear and profoundly simple, yet very difficult to put into practice. And all of those things made it challenging and fulfilling for me. Well, I have to say I did steal one of your uh, sta- uh, statements you make as a, uh, quote, wannabe stoic, because uh, I think every day <laughs> every day we're challenged uh, by individuals around us, but at the end of the day, control what you can control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that really is it. And and, and it's very difficult because we all want to be able to control stuff that we can't. And it's that decision to, to, you know, what can't I control in this circumstance? And so now what am I going to do about it, given that I can't control it? And there and there are a lot more things that we cannot control than we realize. And we think we can, but in reality, we just can't. And, and so it's it takes a lot of contemplation and a lot of thought and patience. Yeah, Michelle, hey, this is Mark. Hey, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the book, The Obstacle is Away, um, because despite stoicism being around for basically forever, um, yeah. the book has finally helped a lot of athletes embrace it. So what specifically about the book do you feel hits home for, for athletes? I think when people hear the word stoic, uh, you know uh, who comes to mind for me is Bud Grant standing on the sidelines freezing with the Minnesota Vikings back in the 70s because he never showed emotion. That's not what stoicism is. I think people generally think when you're stoic, you have no feelings and you just are able to kind of grit your teeth and bear whatever is in front of you. In fact, I learned in this book that that is absolutely not what it is. And the stories that that Ryan Holiday pulled to put in this book, some are very contemporary. They have, you know, he focuses one on Steve Jobs at Apple and something that happened there that they had to overcome. He focuses on, I mean, there are there are war stories, and he makes them all timeless. He makes them, he writes in such a way that it's really accessible. It's, it's, it's how these individual people overcame certain circumstances. And believe me, these are unique circumstances, some that you would hope you never find yourself in. And what these people did to rise above it, it, it was really inspiring. And I thought, Good God, my circumstances aren't nearly this difficult. And if these people can get through it this way, I ought to be able to get through my circumstances with the same practice. And so I think just the storytelling of the kinds of people that that have embraced the ideas of Stoicism, even if they didn't know it was Stoic at the time, and how they put them to work for them. And just telling those stories in a way that is really, really relatable and I thought really engaging. I, I really couldn't put the book down. Yeah, and it, I like the fact that, you, one, it's a quick read, but the examples you gave, the Amelia, I think the Earhart one, was oh, yeah. that was a great one where they basically yeah. said, we're not going to actually let you fly the plane and you're going to go up with two other guys because we don't want you to die, basically. And she yeah. was just like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. She, instead of getting resentful and feeling angry that they didn't trust her, she said, "This is an opportunity, and I get to make my name here, and I'm going to make the best of this situation that I can." So instead of turning it down, and maybe would have never heard of her if that had happened, she embraced the situation and made it work for her. That's the thing. She made something that she wasn't really that thrilled about work for her. And I love that example as well, because I'm constantly asked about being a woman in a man's world. And I just, I just, I see it a different way. 
Love that. Hey, Michelle, this is Amelia. I am Hi. I'm brand new to the team here. Um, as I'm someone who is just starting off in media and sports media, so you're very inspiring to me. So thank you for talking with us today. Yeah. Um, you've covered some of the best, you know, sideline big moments that we see um, you throughout the sports world. So has there been a team or a specific athlete that really stood out to you that has embraced the principles of stoicism or um, held that mental edge over the competition? Uh, it's a, such a good question because all of these different personalities, you try to look at them and say, you know, how are they doing this? Uh, I think that Manning d probably didn't know he was being stoic when he was. Uh, he has such a great sense of humor and approaches um, his circumstances with a great sense of humor. And granted, he's extremely talented, but he went through that rough road with the neck surgery and still came back. And to withstand that year off and come back and do what he did to me was was really inspiring. So that's one. And I, I think I think this is kind of an easy and obvious one, but I think Tom Brady does it pretty much every day of his life. He he does not let he really just takes life by by the hand and says, let's go. And and does not care what the outside world thinks of him, his family, his wife, his team, nothing and is able to succeed and embrace his success really and and not be afraid of it so i that's that's probably a, another example i think there are uh examples all over the place i actually asked bud grant uh, i had a chance to interview him many times but i finally asked him one time you know you look stoic to me uh, or and he said believe me i have a ton of emotions behind these eyes and i feel them all the time and so it, it's it's a decision, though, as what to do with those emotions and not only what's best for yourself, but what's best for the team. Right. And I think when you see a lot of team players and, and coaches that are really focused on team rather than individual talent, that's uh, bringing in a lot of stoicism to the mix as well. That's a great example, too. It's Tom Brady, because, you know, on the sideline, he can get pretty fiery over there. And, mm -hmm. you know, that pure definition of. So, you know, people, like you said, people think, oh, it's just somebody with no emotion. Well, I don't think Tom Brady has no emotion. That's for sure. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. He's got a lot. Have you had any extensive conversations with athletes, you know, in the 2020 uh, or well, in the 2000s uh, about their mental approach to the game and what seems to be consistent amongst those that have been most successful? I think one consistent thing that I hear is don't let the highs make you too high and don't let the lows make you too low. Try to stay even because it's never as bad as you think. It's never as good as you think. And I think that's probably about right. I think having a short memory, you, you used to hear cornerbacks talk about that all the time. If, if the receiver, you know, caught against them and ran off for a touchdown, they, they, they needed to drop that right away. That, that regret, that frustration, that kicking themselves for the mistake and leave it behind them and move on to the next play because that's what's next and that's what matters because you can't do anything about what just happened. I hear that quite a bit. Um, and, you know, and then the rigorous preparation, I think, too, and being committed to just day after day doing the tedious stuff as much as it in the moment, you're just like, I don't want to lift another weight. I don't want to run another minute. I don't want to do another sprint. But you know that in order to be prepared that next Sunday, you have to do those things. So I think um, those are some examples. And, and you know, I, I've talked to, I think, kickers 
<laughs> are particularly challenged. And I remember one guy saying to me, and I, I wish I could tell you who it was, but I said, you know, what is your range tonight? What what, what do you think you, you know, if in a game winning situation? He said, you know what? I honestly don't look at what yard line I'm on. I just, when it's time to kick, I just go and I kick. Now, granted, everyone looks at those goalposts and lines up and says, you know, but he said, I don't think about what yard line I'm on. I'm just thinking about the process and not the results. So I think those are some examples. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool, too. And I'll tell you, for you personally, the last time we had a, had you on the show, I remember what really stuck out to me is the first time we asked you about your uh, your Emmy wins. And you just, um, you know, yes, you were, you're grateful. You're obviously grateful that you got them. But uh, at the end of the day, it was like, I still have a job to do, and I'm going to do it at the highest level. And I think that was really what was kind of stands out to me as far as our last conversation, what was impactful to me is kind of your response. I was really kind of blown away by that. You know, I think it's, um, you hear this all the time. And I think one of the reasons you hear it all the time is because it's universally true is that the consistency and the commitment to process is the thing that's going to lead to results. If you focus on results first, you're going to, get gummed up. You're going to trip over yourself. You're going to be distracted. You're going to wonder every time you do a report, was that good enough? Is that going to make the Emmy real? Instead of just commit to the process, do what you do well, play to your strengths, do it again and again and again and again. And, and, you know, the first golf lesson I ever took, I remember the instructor said to me, stop thinking about the result. Just think about the swing. Think about the process. And uh, golf still befuddles me to this day. But what he said is really, really important. Yeah, that I mean, that by definition kind of defines professionalism. You know, with these guys, you know, doing what works for them and, and doing it over and over and over until they get it right. And, you know, just the, the physical side of things, you know, you have talented athletes. Uh, you know, we we're talking about Tom Brady and how he, you know, doesn't really care a whole lot about how whatever he thinks about him himself, his team, his family. And then as you're talking about that, Antonio Brown pops up on TV and you're like, oh, that's guy's the complete opposite. But if you think about it, he really, on the physical side of it, he's got it down. So on the mental side of it, you know, why, why don't all athletes buy in, into this philosophy? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that um, a lot of people have been taught different ways or they're being coached different ways. Um, I think certainly some of the people around Tom, some of the Patriots have seen what he's been able to accomplish and they've jumped on board with the whole TB12 thing, his, his, uh, you know, his whole regimen. But I think it just takes so much discipline and, uh, uh, there, look, look, there's not a bad player in the NFL. They're all good. They're all fast. They're all strong. They're all big. But what makes such a difference is the, how they change their mind, what they make up their mind to do. Um, look, uh, let's look at Antonio Brown, who is very much in the news right at this moment, and think about the God-given talent this guy has and the success that he has had. And it's pretty much all gone down the drain because of the way he made up his mind about how to act, how to be, wh- what was he going to do? And to me, it's it's tragic. Not the way that, you know, a sudden death of someone is tragic. It's tragic in the way that he had everything he needed. And barring some unbelievable comeback story that we have yet to see, I think it's all behind him now. And that, to me, is tragedy. When you 
to have this wealth of potential and talent and you kind of just like let it go and don't focus on it and, and hone it, but instead say that that's what defines you. That's what makes you all always be wanted as a receiver, whatever he's thinking. I don't even know. Um, but that to me is really, really sad. And I feel that way about any athlete who somehow their mind uh, gets in the way of what they are really capable of doing. And, and that's why I think just committing to this disciplinary practice of, you know, mind over everything else. Uh, you guys know who Steve Gleason is. Yeah, he just yeah, got yeah. The, the Congressional Medal. I, I've gotten to know Steve over the years. Talk about stoicism right there. He has zero control over anything. He doesn't even know if he's going to wake up tomorrow. And this guy has made the most of his situation. He has, even with the disease, managed to father two children with his wife. He adores them. He's made strides in, you know, letting people know about the disease. Um, to, and he's always smiling whenever I see him. And he comes to Saints practice all the time and he's at their games. It, you know, the guy could be in a corner somewhere just miserable as hell. But what he's managed to do in his predicament, it, it inspires me constantly. And it should, and, and I, I hope that it brings someone out of a bad situation into a good situation to see what he's done with his life. Yeah, Steve Gleason's story is definitely a tremendous one, that's for sure. And he's raised so much awareness, too. And I think yeah. that's that's one of the biggest things, that hopefully there's an emphasis now and you know, hopefully one day find a cure for it. But he is so inspirational, for sure. Yeah, he is. Right. I think um, I hope that people do find inspiration in the kind of people who are able to get in the right headspace and um, you know, go forward from there. But over the years of covering sports, how have you noticed um, – that mental approach changing over time and do you think that more athletes are focusing their energy as much on the mental side of the sport as of sports as they are on the physical side i think so i i think that there's just too much research out there to ignore first of all that the attention being paid to, to head injuries is 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 one aspect of that of saying look we you know knee injuries aren't the only kind of injuries here you you got to look about, look at your future and acknowledge that your brain is hugely important to you. I've heard coaches say to me, look, this guy has way more life after football than he does while he's playing football. So I'm trying to focus these guys on what they're going to do for life, not just for the game. Um, so you hear things like that. Um, and again, I just think that when you look at the real success stories in the NFL, you have to look at these guys and the way they're made up mentally. And it's such a difference maker. It just, it just really is. And um, so is it, have I seen it grow? I think probably, but it's been so nuanced and subtle and it's, you know, incremental that it's not like there's been this sea change, but I do think that that word mindfulness, and I kind of think that's sort of hokey and trendy word but I think what it's trying to convey is, look, think a little. Stop. Make up your mind about this. How are you going to react? Um, and I think a lot of times it's just easier for a player when they get cut to, to blame the coach, blame the organization, blame 
some situation at practice. Blame someone who didn't catch your pass when you threw it. Instead of just saying, okay, what do I learn from this? And where do I go from here? And so uh, the stories that I love most and always have are these guys who went to some college you've never heard of or didn't get drafted or were drafted in the, you know, in the sixth round and end up becoming a superstar. The guys that said, I'm going to put all that aside or I'm going to let it work for me and drive me. And I'm not going to worry about the fact that I didn't get drafted and I'm going to just go play and find a way. And, um, and that's, that's my matter. That is making up your mind to succeed. So I have great admiration for the, the players that have, have made that stuff work for them and have, have decided to just control what they can. And, um, you know, not everyone I think is just built for it. And, uh, but you can, I think once you're given permission and you're told, look, do you realize that you have a lot more say in this than, you know, do you realize that even though you feel victimized at this moment, that's your choice and you can actually choose to say, you know what? It didn't have to do with that guy who dropped the pass. I threw him or it didn't have to do with the fact that I didn't recover that fumble. It, 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 it has to do with now, where do I go from here? If I really, really want this. And I think when you give people permission to do that and not victimize themselves and not blame other people for their lot in life, and instead accept their circumstances and make them work for them, I think that's where you see success. So um, I, I hope I hope more coaches take that approach with guys. I mm-hmm. hope, uh, you know, players get that. I love all of that. Um, I have kind of a follow-up question after that. Now with social media playing such a big role, do you think that it's harder for athletes to kind of get in that mental headspace where not only are they worried about, you know, what they're doing on the field, but they're now celebrities in the social world too. Does that make it harder? Absolutely. I mean, and that's one of the decisions I made at one point was to stop, you know, I I will tweet now and then usually I'll just retweet pictures of puppies and inspirational (laughs) stuff like that because it's (laughs) so harmless. Or I will tweet out a phrase from something I've read that I believe people just need to see it, you know, and a lot of it is stoic stuff. Um, but other than that, I don't read what people say about me. I just can't because it, as Brad Pitt recently said, it plays a role in some of your decision making if you let it. Oh, yeah, and so you have to say, why do I care what someone who is a complete stranger to me and I have no idea what their character is? Why should I let them influence the way I see myself? That's insane. So, you know, and I've got two kids growing up in this world, which is very different from the way I grew up. And I try to tell them likes don't matter. The volume of likes don't define you. And I I kind of wish social media would just disappear, but it's not going to. So we have to find ways to to use it in our in our favor. And like I said, Tom Brady has taken the narrative. He, ha- he now produces really elegant stuff that he puts on his Instagram and Facebook and Twitter pages. And he's decided to, to I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to tell the story the way I want to tell the story and not let other people tell the story for me. Uh, uh, and, you know, again, there are guys who just they don't even read it. And I think that's probably really the smartest way to go is just or here's my next trick. If you see something that really like gets under your skin when you're going through Twitter just assume that some guy in Macedonia who wants to create problems 
put that tweet out and he's just trying to divide Americans. And so then you kind of laugh at it. (laughs) Russian bots, blame the Russian. There you go. There you go. It's funny you say that we actually just got asked to put all uh, to put all of our stuff, our content on a sports illustrated website, which is huge for us. But um, Brian Driscoll that uh, is allowing us to do that. He said, you're going to have to have some thick skin. Because yeah, the compliments yeah. that are comments and stuff that are on there, he's like, you're basically going to have people t- like tell you to cut your brake lines sometimes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, well, we don't really read comments, but that's that's good to know. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, just try to remember that. And and why why would you let again somebody else have that power over you? It's really about giving away your power over yourself and saying, I care more about what you think of you than what I think of myself. And that's just, when you really focus on that, that's just, it's just idiotic in a way. It's just dismal. So yeah, it's great. Use it to your advantage. Spread the word about your podcast. Put your content up there. But then you have got to just say, Turn the notifications off. (laughs) Maybe do that. I don't know how. Just find your own tricks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, Michelle, we appreciate the conversation, especially about stoicism, everything about it, stoicism, the mental approach to the game. But I did want to just sneak back real quick here about this 49ers-Chiefs matchup. Um, You've got to see both these teams three times apiece this year. Um, Just kind of your thoughts on the game, and uh, what do you think is going to be a key to victory uh, next Sunday? You know, the 49ers have so much speed on defense. And the Chiefs have so much speed on offense. And I think that's probably where the rubber's going to meet the road. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has a lot of weapons, too. And George Kittle may not catch a single pass, but he may pass block and rush run block his butt off the entire game. And that could make the difference. So, as always, I mean, I think the 49ers decided to build themselves from the defensive line on out. And that's why you see them just having such phenomenal speed and strength on the defensive front. Um, so I think that's going to be a real challenge for the chiefs, but they know that they know that. And uh, Patrick Mahomes is just astonishing to watch. Sometimes he is so gifted and he is so calm and collected and, and he's such a leader for such a young guy and he's got tons of talent around him. I mean, <laughs> I remember I was watching a Tyreek Hill replay the other day and I thought it was in fast speed. I honestly thought they had sped it up and I was like, wait a minute. No, that's his speed. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So I'm just really looking forward to a, a sensational game. I hope it lives up to it because these are two really entertaining teams. And does uh, Patrick Mahomes as good of a person in, yes. in person as he seems to be on TV? Because I love that guy. He's probably my yes. favorite player in the league, to be honest with well, you. Well, then you, you you picked a good one. He's a sweet kid, um, and it's hard to believe sometimes because of the way he grew up around the major leagues, and he could have you know been all braggadocious about that and so forth. But I think his mom. Did a really good job keeping his feet on the ground. Um, he, the Chiefs, <laughs> the Chiefs saw something that everybody else missed when they passed on him in the draft, and um, it is really incredible. But yes, he's a terrific. I just love covering that team, and he's a big reason why. Yeah, as I sit here in a in a studio full of Bears memorabilia, yeah, it feels real nice knowing Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is on the Chiefs. So. Yeah, about that. There's so, always next year, there's, right? Oh, there's all. Yeah, but there's Trubisky's still there, right? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. As far as I know. Yeah. As far um, as I know. Can before we let you go, can we get an official Michelle Tafoya prediction on the Super Bowl? I hate giving predictions <laughs> because uh, you know you can really make yourself look silly. And quite frankly, I've learned over the years that it's like you said, you think you know, but you don't know. I just uh, I, I kind of told you what I think it's going to come down to. And um, 
that's that's it. I it could be a really high scoring game or it could be a really low scoring game because both of these defenses are very good. But I give the defensive edge to the Niners. And I give the slight offensive edge to uh, Kansas City. Awesome, awesome. Well, I do have to tell you real quick here. Uh, when I asked you for advice the last time, we were, uh, last season I went into my second season as a sideline reporter, and you mentioned to me, "Don't be Edgar Allan Poe." And it's the, like, the second or <laughs> second or third most used comment by my wife before I go out to either do a podcast <laughs> or cover the sideline is, "Don't be Edgar Allan Poe." So yeah, less <laughs> is more, right? Yep. And I just yammered on like a. I get girl. No, so you're, sorry, no, but. you did. That's fantastic. So as always, Michelle, we appreciate all your time and everything you've done for the sport and everything you've really done for us. So hopefully we can uh, have another show again at some point and, um, you know, hopefully you enjoy the Super Bowl. We look forward to seeing uh, how next season plays out and especially next week's Super Bowl. I know. Have fun watching it. And thanks so much for having me on you guys. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. We will stay in touch. Do that. All right. Take it easy. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye bye. All right, guys, that was our interview with Michelle Tafoya, Sunday Night Fo- uh, Football reporter, four-time in- three-time Emmy winner. Um, what would you guys think? Did you guys enjoy that? I thought it was awesome. Oh, you guys, I thought you were asking our audience. Uh, well, I mean, I don't exactly take phone calls. So I feel bad because I did tell her. I was like, we'll probably only keep you for like 10 or 15 minutes, but she's always like that. Yeah. I mean, she, she gave me 30 the last time, almost 30 this time. So Yeah, we definitely we need to, we need to get a uh, shot clock. Yes, this isn't high school basketball in here, right? (laughs) (laughs) Dribble, dribble, dribble. No, she's great. Um, Just great insight about the mental approach of the game. One thing I did want to get to, but I know we were running out of time there, was uh, just the impact that McGlinchey and Sheldon Day have had on the Niners. Yeah, kind of circle it back um, to Notre Dame, but. I mean, let's we can talk about it now. I mean, McGlinchey's been an anchor on that offensive line for sure. You're talking about a guy and Jimmy Garoppolo who threw the ball what eight times in that uh, conference championship game, and you know Raheem, what's his name, uh, Moster from Purdue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just went off for 200 yards last week. I mean, yeah, that guy was. I mean, well, obviously, I mean, they, you saw what the line did. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, McGlinchey's the he's the anchor there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm glad you guys enjoyed that. I hope the audience, I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Michelle, she's, she's first class, man. She's really a pioneer in what she's, what she's done. And uh, hopefully Amelia, you found some kind of inspiration talking to her. And Absolutely. Being new. Yeah. <laughs> now you'll have to go and do what I did and listen to this podcast like six over times and over, over and over. <laughs> and I wish, I wish six was the high number, but it's not. So <laughs> Uh, real quick, guys, if you're a listener to this podcast, and I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach out to sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On Irish is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Notre Dame fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Notre Dame fans and predominantly a male audience that is well-educated, disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get you in touch with our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. So we're about to do another show right after this, but while we have this uh, locked-on audience and both of you guys here, what's your guys' prediction for the Super Bowl? I'm just here for the commercials. Oh, boy. You're going to be <laughs> perfect on the next show then. What you I, got? I just hope the teams have fun. 
Wow, oh, man, I don't care, man. I, I think uh, I'd like to see Mahomes win it because I do like him. But um, yeah, man, let's go with the Chiefs. Yeah, I, so I think the key is going to be basically as long as the Chiefs don't get behind because they've got behind the last two games. Well, and the Niners' defense, I think, yeah. is going to – I don't think the Niners' defense will let them back in. If this isn't the Titans, this isn't the um, who they, the Texans. No, the, yeah. the, this isn't a legit, a legit defense. Yeah, and on the flip side, if Kansas City goes up by 10 or 14 points, it's over. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Grab her right arm that just fell on the floor, by the way. I mean, it might as well be her <laughs> arm that just fell on the floor. Her phone fell. Grab oh, it. I'm so sorry. Our, our social media, our social oh. media coordinator over here, it has a has a third arm and it just fell on the floor, yeah. and I can see sheer panic happening yeah. on her face. So. Rest in peace. Yeah, yep. I know that the neck she drank out of that beer is really getting to her. So, all right, guys, hope you enjoyed the show. Again, check us out 